This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. If I were to ask you if you knew the difference between a comment and a conversation, you would say to me, of course, Michael, I know the difference between a comment and a conversation. A comment is a single line and a conversation is multiple lines between two people. And you might even say, listen, I can even have a conversation with myself. Rarely would I have a comment with myself, but I could definitely have a conversation. And The difference between comment and conversation is obvious, but sometimes the comment completely obliterates the conversation and certain comments make almost the rest of the conversation almost impossible to remember and it does have a way to make it tumble, sometimes out of control. I mean, if you just look at a relational type of conversation when somebody says, hey, let's just be friends. And you tell your buddies about it later and they say, well, what else did she say after that? And you're like, "Ah, I don't remember. All I remember was let's just be friends or I don't like you or the worst one of all, I don't love you anymore. That kind of a relational comment can have a pretty big impact on the conversation that occurs afterwards. In the medical, you know, very simply, you have fill in the blank which will completely fog the remainder of the conversation or you can't do X anymore. And whether you put in there walk, dance, golf, whatever it is, the rest of the conversation gets a little bit foggy and it gets a little bit hard for both sides. The person that that made the comment, the person that receives the comment, and then just the entire interaction that occurs after that. I mean, this is a very direct comment, which then results in a very direct conversation. And of course, the area that we focus on in this podcast is work. And whether that starts out with, I want to talk to you about your performance or your behavior or your skills or your attitude. We're putting you on a pip or simply you are fired. Those are the kind of things that, that, that comments that are made in a conversation that immediately makes the rest of the conversation get very, very rocky because people start listening with a different set of ears. They start evaluating with a a different perspective and everything about it gets dislodged. And I'm sure each one of you has been in a direct conversation at work where things just got a little bit jumbled. Probably the most significant direct conversation that I was on the receiving end of was that I was fired. Yes, I was fired. Please don't stop the podcast right now and say, why am I listening to this dude? He was fired, but I was. And it was back in the back in the day when anybody could go to the airport. And my boss called me and, uh, and said, listen, um, I'm, when, when are you flying in? Uh, I'm going to meet you at the airport. And 
I knew what was coming. I had a, a contract that was 18 months long. And the day that he arrived was the exact 18th month to the day. And he met me as I got off my plane. He said hello to me. And then he made a direct comment. The board has decided to go in a different direction. Silence. Well, that was basically saying, you've just been fired. He then followed up with kind of an indirect comment because he said, how will I get into the office? And I stopped for a moment and went, oh my, you're asking for my keys. So I proceeded to take my, my keys off my key ring to my office and I handed it over to him. And then he added another question, which was, well, who do you think I should put in charge? And of course, after I hesitated for a moment, I said something along the lines of, you know what, you just fired me. I'm probably the wrong person to be asking that question. That sounds like something you need to decide. And I can't remember anything else about the conversation. I don't remember how much longer it went on for. Uh, I've never followed up to ask him if there was more to the conversation. But needless to say, when he walked away, I, I called my wife and said, oh my, I've just been fired. And of course, I probably said I've been fired maybe 30 times over the next couple of weeks as things unraveled. And I really liked the person that fired me. At least I liked him more before he fired me than after he fired me. Uh, as I told you before, it was expected. But the conversation after the comment changed dramatically. So what I want to do with you here today is I want to, I want to talk to you about how to have a direct conversation with the people that work for you. And I want to give you five keys to being successful at it. And if it's something you say, oh, Michael, I'm just really good at this. I know exactly how to do this. Well, you're definitely alone. Most people don't like to have direct conversations, especially when they're uncomfortable, especially when they require you to point out something that needs to be fixed, whether it's someone that you genuinely like or maybe it's someone that you genuinely dislike. Maybe it's something that, you, that they already know about. Maybe it's something that's just gonna hit them out of the clear blue. But the reality is, is that as a leader and as a manager, it's your responsibility to have direct conversations with your employees, whether they're positive direct conversations or negative direct conversations. You need to be capable and have the ability to do that. So let's get started with the five steps that you need to take to be really spectacular at having direct conversations. And by the way, everything that I'm going to say here works both in your work, but also works relational. If you're struggling to have direct conversations with your spouse or with your brother or sister or with your parents or with your kids, you can use the same formula. And the, the first step has to be, you have to have a prepared start. Because for most people, the toughest part is just getting started, just having something that, that gets you off on the right foot to make sure that you know the things that you need to cover. And so have a plan, write it down. And write it down and have a plan, not just for the formal ones, hey, I've gotta walk you through a PIP, or you know, this is really serious, or just something that I wanna coach you on. Have a plan and be in a position to write it down, and you can even write out exactly what you're going to say if you need to do that, that will help you. Uh, today, we're going to talk, Michael, about your performance in the area of workforce management. Or I want to talk to you about your tardiness. 
I want to talk to you today about your focus in our group meetings. Whatever it is, write it down and have a prepared start. And if you have to, write it out so that you can get through the opening part of it and get, get over the shock for the shock and awe that perhaps you're going to communicate or they're going to receive. After you make the comment, which is, hey, we need to discuss or I'm going to be putting you on a pip, or whatever else it is you need you need to communicate in that first statement. The second step is you need to have a crystal clear description of the problem or problems that you're trying to communicate here. If you remember the old uh, old Tom Cruise movie with Jack Nicholson and uh, Demi Moore, it was called A Few Good Men. And there's a scene in the movie where the, the general who's played by Jack Nicholson is ranting and raving at Tom Cruise, who's playing a young lawyer, and and he and he screams at, at Tom Cruise and says, you know, are we clear? And Tom Cruise says yes, and he yells out loud, are we clear? And Tom Cruise looks him in the eyes and goes, crystal, as in crystal clear. HR can probably help you here. They maybe have a form, they may have some sort of communication or something that you can check off. But you want to have a crystal clear description of whatever the issue is or issues that they have. And it's really important that you understand that you don't have to get agreement on what's been communicated as the problem, which means they don't have to agree on the problem with you, at least at this particular moment. They just have to they just have to agree that it's been communicated. That you've crystal clear communicated the problem because you can't go from the problem if if they don't understand the problem. So you can go ahead and communicate the problem. It may even be okay for you to ask them to repeat the problem so that they know exactly what what you're talking about. And you can say, hey, listen, you know what? Can you just repeat back to me the areas that we're discussing here? Because I just want to make it crystal clear that we're talking about X issue. And I don't know, maybe your HR department will tell you that you need to sign something. They have to sign something. They probably won't sign it at that exact moment. They may sign it at the end. But you have to make sure that you have a crystal clear description of the problem. And listen, if you can't come up with a crystal clear description, then I promise you the person on the receiving end isn't going to find it crystal clear at all. And remember, because it's conflict, if you're the kind of person that struggles a little bit with conflict, this might be something that you also might want to write down so that you can communicate it clearly, and you're probably going to have to have some sort of data to back up whatever the issue is. If they've got some sort of an absentee problem, I'm sure you've got data that says, hey, listen, you've missed five out of the last eight days, or you've missed three days over the course of 60 days. And as you know, in our organization, you can only miss one day every 60 days, or you know, whatever the rules are, the regulations or the the business rules that you have in your organization, but a crystal clear description of the problem and then some data that backs up what the problem is. If we don't get this step right, everything that we do after this isn't going to work. And this is where most of the conflict comes in, is over over the, the, the starting and then the description of the problem. The third step that you have is that you've got to give them the steps that they must take in order to repair, replace, remove, or overcome that particular problem. And so there needs to be some steps that they must take and, 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 and a clear understanding of what it is they need to do. 
And it might be just the first gate. There may be a certain gate that they have to achieve that's a trial gate. Hey, listen, you need to do this in order for us to take the next step. And maybe that's the next step. And, and all of their focus needs to be, gone, needs to be focused on that particular, um, that particular step. But you're going to give them the steps that must be taken in the conversation. And again, remember, you're communicating for you and you're communicating for them because you don't want to have to have this conversation again. You don't want them to say, hey, I wasn't really listening or I didn't really understand or I was so stunned I missed what you were saying. So you want to clearly communicate the steps that must be taken. The fourth thing is an agreement on an action plan. I know this is basic, but basics really work when you're dealing with stuff that is involved with conflict or high emotion, or especially when you're talking about somebody's livelihood, how they make money. So you need to have, you need to have an agreement on the action plan, and it may very well be the agreement on the steps that you're going to take, right? Again, we're looking for an agreement on, on what was said. They may still disagree or not like some of the things that you're saying. They may say, well, I, I, just, I just don't agree. And you know, you're gonna come to a point, I'm sure you'll have some sort of a discussion back and forth about that. But ultimately, you just need to get an agreement on what was said so that they understand what the action plan is. And then finally, the, the fifth step, which is the whatever the next step is, which really kind of boils down to how do we move forward? I mean, maybe this is just gonna be a tiny blip on their career. Maybe you're never going to need to ever discuss this again, and this wasn't a serious, you know, uh, performance improvement plan. It was just, hey, listen, I, you know, you said this in the meeting. I just don't want you to say it again. Or you did this. I, I, I we want to change this. Uh, maybe the maybe the next step is is let me know tomorrow if if you're going to stay or or you're going to go. Uh, maybe their next step is for they have to report back to you on their accomplishment of the first gate. Maybe their next step is to go see HR or counseling, or maybe you're recommending that they go to a school teacher if this happens to be a kid problem. And the next step is to take care of it now. And, and when, when, when we get to the next step, right, how do we move forward? That's where the conversation turns because at this point, you've pretty much been across the desk from them, right? You've, 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 you've had a prepared start. You've given them a description of the problem. You've told them the steps that they need to take. You've had a discussion about an agreement on the action plan. And then we, we've now got a next step. The next step might be to get back together again next week. The next step might be, hey, listen, um, I, I just want to make sure that you understand exactly what we're talking about here so we can move forward. And so it's almost as if you're sitting across from the desk from them. And, and, and as we get to the next step, you're almost moving alongside them as hopefully as together we're going to solve this problem. Because at the moment that you talk to them, unless you fired them on the spot and you've called security or HR is sitting there with you, they're still a member of your team. And assuming that they have an opportunity to repair, whether you see it in their eyes or not, they're still someone that has the ability to repair. And I know that you're going to make an assessment or a judgment when you're sitting there looking at them as to whether they're going to repair or not. But the point is, is that, is that they may. And so you, you can almost feel as if you've moved alongside them as, 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 you, as you walk away from the direct conversation. And by the way, no matter what kind of communication you've just given them, no matter how unpleasant it is, there's no reason to be rude. There's no reason to be silent. There's no reason not to treat this person as a professional, which you should always treat them as a professional anyway. But it's okay to have a direct, hard conversation with them and have life go back to normal. Because 
because direct conversations in business, direct conversations as a leader is normal. It's something that you have to do all the time. It's something that you need to be good at. It's not something that you need to like. It's not something you even need to look forward to, but it's something that you need to do. So are you the kind of person that's really comfortable about having direct conversations or someone that has a little trepidation about it? Whether you're someone that, 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 that is, feels pretty comfortable doing them, whether you're someone that has a little bit of trepidation, whether maybe you just received one of these from your boss, make sure that you follow these five steps. You have a prepared start, a crystal clear description of the problem, the steps that must be taken, agreement on an action plan, and the next step. And oh, by the way, when they come back from the next step, then there needs to be a next step. Listen, being great at direct conversations is is just a, a, a minimum requirement to be a leader. And as we've discussed over and over and over again, you have the capacity to be a great leader. It simply requires effort and work and preparation. And hopefully these podcasts are helping you become a great leader. It's a pleasure to talk to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. If there's anything I can do for you, just reach out and grab me at mtamer at preponacy.com. I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.